Hello and welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. I am your host, Tamahe Mooley Jr. And joining me, as always, the local lovable Canucks, Zach Hicken. What's up, eh? Hey, what's up? <laughs> welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours, the podcast brought to you by the Sportsbeat producers, Zach and I. Uh, just getting together, talk about whatever we wanted to, sports, pop culture, Mostly it's going to be TV shows we watch. Shenanigans. We watch a lot of TV shows. Uh, politics. Maybe. Hemo, what do you think of what's going on in... In the political world? The political world. I have no idea. Thank you for watching Sports Beat MSNBC. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow night. No, so we, just kidding. So, okay. So we're at our crossroads a little bit. At least for us. The basketball season ended. Not too long ago. Yeah. Jazz getting bounced by the Rockets. The Rockets currently playing Golden State. Yeah, come say that to my face, Austin Rivers. <laughs> so, NBA playoffs still going, but the Jazz are done. So, what do we automatically um, turn to at this time of the year? Well, baseball. <laughs> baseball? MLS Take soccer? Me out to the ball. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mostly, mostly we're just... Really hoping for football season to come soon. Yes. We would have football if – actually, we wouldn't. The AAF, if it the was still going. championship would have been last week. Yeah. So it would have been – R.I.P. R.I.P. Well, AAF football. So, I mean, we have – to kind of give an update on what we actually do have going on instead of bemoaning the wait until football returns. Uh-huh. We have state softball and state baseball coming up this week. Then after that, pretty much Real Salt Lake, Utah Royals, Jazz workouts, then the football media days, yeah, yeah. and some mini camp stuff with the Jazz, free agency. We're going to talk about all of it, though, kind of give our thoughts very briefly. We're going to take a deep dive on Sunday night when we have the boss the in boss studio man. with us. We're calling it right now. We haven't talked to him yet. We haven't introduced it. But he's going to be in studio with us, Matt Glade. Mm-hmm. Makes his Sports Beat After Hours 2.0 debut. Mm-hmm. He's been on After Hours before, uh, which was oddly a swan song to him leaving Crazy. KSL, but now he's back. He's back. Much like Kyle Korver. Anyway. Yes. Um, so, yeah, like, like lots to talk about, lots to look forward to. Um, it's just we're in a weird time right now. Like, yeah. Sports are kind of slowing down. Like, we don't have a Sports Beat tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, kind of nice because... I think my six-month-old son doesn't know that I exist. So <laughs> that you need sleep. Like remind him that I exist tomorrow by actually seeing him. I know. Me too. Family. My wife can remind remember that she has a husband. That'll be nice. Yeah, it'll be really nice. Um. So so let's let's start here. Um. Game night live will be back soon. Yes, we had a meeting today talking. I actually wasn't there, but I got like the deets later on, mm-hmm. all the latest deets on what's going on with Game Night Live, and um, I'm what? excited for this season. Absolutely, I think last season was a great football season for high school uh, here in the state. But like, um, it's going to be a new year, new blood. Um, well, there's like a new crop of players because this was a really star-studded uh, class of kids from the class of 2019 yeah, that's that leaving. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, rising seniors that I'm excited for. For sure. 
Isaiah Fatasi, um, the Mason human Paul's highlight reel. Yeah, Mason, like yeah, just a lot of good guys that we're looking forward to. Um, not only do we have new names grouping up, we got new schools, like a bunch of new schools, like about to Cedar Valley High, Cedar, is that what and it then is? Red Ridge, which is I think down in Saint. It's down There's in St. George. Mountain Ridge, which is like out in Harriman or whatever. Mount, Mountain Crest? No, Crest Mountain Ridge? Crest is already a Crest school. Ridge? <laughs> Maybe. Something like that. There's a bunch of new schools. and uh, Chances are if there's a ridge or a mountain in it, it's in Utah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but we got a lot of, you know, Sports Beat, Game Night Live uh, will be coming soon. We got a lot of good matchups. Well, um, and you have a cool project docket. that you were kind of working on today. We're going to tease it. Oh, if yeah. If you guys like 90s video games, you'll enjoy the heck out of it. It's going to be awesome. We won't tell you which game it is, but you'll check it out. It'll be pretty sweet. But um, we're going to go, like, all full in, 100%. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose can't this football lose. season. Like, we're already preparing because uh, last year was mine and Hema's first football season at KSL. I mean, you kind of jumped in yeah. at the tail end your first yeah yeah, um in 2017 when you were first hired but it was our first full football season and we kind of know what to expect and we know what we would like to do moving forward so we have Mm -hmm. some cool stuff coming up um last year if you saw we did like uh the opening yeah uh, the op the opening intros like tv shows we did like a friday night lights one which Mm -hmm. was really cool and then one for the The Office, office which was like this is really good. Just hilarious, um, especially with like Jeremiah. I went and got him acting like he was um, producing Matt throwing stuff, and it was good. We just had the NFL draft, like yes. literally a few days ago or last week. Whoa, it's been a week already. Yeah, oh, I thought uh, I I thought yesterday was Monday, so that's how my week's gone. <laughs> um, any anything stand out to you in the NFL draft? Pretty low key. I mean, no, great class for Utah guys. Two specialists get drafted. Cody Barton. Um, what a story for him. Yeah. Uh, he comes in, um, kind of the lower profile recruit between him and his brother Jackson. Goes in the third round. I think it's yeah. Third. He went in the very late in the third round of the Seahawks. Yep. Same um, with um, Taki Taki. Sione Talkie Talkie got taken in the third round, which, again, in itself is a great story. Another story, yeah. If you were BYU and you were recruiting kids and you're making a pitch, hey, come to BYU, we can change your life. Sione Talkie Talkie is the example that you use. Absolutely. It used to be uh, Ziggy Ansa, mm-hmm. but Sione Talkie Talkie going from being an, a self-described knucklehead yeah. to an, a third-round NFL draft pick by the upsurging... Cleveland Browns, um, he's Winners. in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, he's in a good spot. Um, I'm excited for him. Just from my time covering Sione, uh, I'm excited to see the impact that he can make on the league. And just representing the state of Utah and his uh, university that he played at, he is going to make a lot of BYU fans proud. Um, but back to Cody Barton, just what a story for him. Kind of, He was a three-star safety coming in out of Brighton High School. His brother Jackson, who was also drafted, um, was like the big recruit, like four fringe five-star guy, left tackle. Yeah. Um, Cody comes in and like this linebacker duo in that nickel defense Yeah. that Utah runs of like Chase Hansen and Cody Barton. Cody just was an absolute stud. He's a team captain. 
gets picked up in the third round. He's teaming up with his former teammate, Marquise Blair. Yep. Their state remaining teammates because he was drafted in the second round. Um, they even picked up, I think, two more in free agency, uh, Lofa Lamaca and I can't remember the other guy, but a couple of youths going up to Seattle. A um, yeah. bunch of local guys, guys with local ties, end up in Seattle or in uh, New Orleans. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, which, here's my opinion after looking. I mean, you said Chase Hansen. Yeah, He's Chase Hansen there. is heading to New Orleans, Corbin Kafusi, and then Port Augustine. Yeah. Um, Dylan Cauley also has a mini camp tryout. And as everyone knows, the Mormon missile, <laughs> Taysom Hill. Taysom. Yeah. Taysom. Taysom Hill is in uh, New Orleans, and uh, he will be leading Book of Mormon. <laughs> classes seminary yeah he'll be leading seminary (laughs) as the esteemed veteran third year vet of that young group he still might be younger than chase hansen i'm not sure (laughs) it's a possibility it's but but it's Um, gonna be so good to have if you think about it and we've talked about this before we've said that chase hansen is just like a Taysom hill type players extremely athletic yes yes. multi-positional um has a high ceiling if it weren't for injuries. Chase Hansen was a second or third round draft pick this year if he wasn't injured. He Absolutely. probably would have been the first guy off the board out of the state. I would have taken In him. my opinion. Um, he does have age playing against him. He's going to be 26 by the time the season starts. He has an injury history. That's why he slid into an undrafted free agent. But when guys started getting, after the draft ended and guys started getting snatched up, yep. Chase was like the first guy that I saw. Out of anywhere. So you knew that he was a target immediately for these teams that once he was available, sure. you go after him. You look at what New Orleans has done with Taysom Hill being an undrafted free agent and utilizing him and his abilities on special teams, on offense, um, so many different aspects of the game. I think they could utilize Chase very similarly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to be an offensive weapon, but... Uh, he is going to be able to help out on defense a little bit. He'll probably get a start on special teams, make a big splash there, and then earn his way to getting more playing time, kind of right. like Taysom did. But just because of how similar of an athlete that he is, um, I could see him making a similar impact that Taysom did yeah. um, on special teams for New Orleans and really made a name for himself. Now, it won't be as high profile because he's not a quarterback that's playing special teams. That never happens. Sure. Um when you're a linebacker doing that, that's just you doing your job. When sure. you're a quarterback doing it, you're extraordinary and people rave about right. you on broadcasts. But just don't be surprised if Chase Hansen sticks around and has a big impact, um, albeit not as uh, recognized just because of the nature of sure. the beast. Same with Corbin Kafusi, His unique mix of length, athleticism, speed, strength, um, if he wasn't injured, he probably would have been a fourth-round pick, in my opinion. Yeah, Can't teach length. You can't teach the length that he has. You stick him on a field goal block team yeah. and just have him jump as high as he can. I mean, he's a, he played college basketball. Right. Was he 6'9 or something like that? Like, yeah, That's the thing that's funny. He's like 6'8 on crazy. the football roster and then 6'11 on the basketball roster. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of discrepancy the there. And so we have no idea what he really was because he didn't get invited to the Combine, yeah. so we couldn't get an official measurement on him. But, um, yeah, he just slid because of those injuries that he had. And what you get with him is a guy that's super gritty. He's going to go out and lay his body on the line, lay everything on the line, sacrifice everything to, for the success of his team. 
That was a major storyline coming out of that last game that he played against Utah where he said he just wanted to play one last game until the wheels fell off. Like he yeah. was giving it all. Um, and he eventually had to come out, but just a gutsy performance. And when you get a guy like him, high character guy, um, that's going to be able to make an impact as long as he can stay healthy. Um, he's working his way back as well as chases. Porter Gustin also is a guy that probably would have been taken by the end of, um, not day two, but probably early day three, maybe late day two. Yeah. Uh, 21 sacks. Um, at USC in his career, I believe. Um, seven sacks this year, but he only played like six games. He had a major ankle injury. Yeah. USC's defense slid after he got hurt. Got to remember, like this dude, before he got hurt and before all the other problems. like He was dominating. He was a beast. Yeah. And well, and he put together a great combine performance. The problem is, is that it comes out that he failed the drug test because he had Adderall in his system. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Stuff like that is kind of a red flag to teams, especially when you might be considered a tweener because he's kind of he's an edge guy that can play DN but also linebacker. Yeah, doesn't really have a traditional position in the NFL. But guess what? As we've said, the New Orleans Saints are willing to adapt. If you're a freak athlete, they're going to find a place for you. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of these guys end up rostered with the team at some point during the season, maybe bouncing between the practice squad. Chase is probably my most likely candidate, followed by uh, Corbin and then Porter. It It's just going to be interesting to see what happens with him. I'm not exactly sure, but he did kill it at the Combine. He put up great numbers. Great athlete. Um, was dominant at USC, as we said. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens with those three guys there. I, I absolutely agree with you that you know Chase is a very very much a Taysom Hill type athlete. Freak of an athlete, freak of a body, you know. Yeah. Born for injuries. They both serve their mission in Australia. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, both high school quarterbacks. Both quarterbacks. Um, in fact, Chase started at Utah as a quarterback. He was like, his first year, uh, he was like the option guy. Yeah. Um, same with, uh, obviously, what Taysom was at first. Taysom just stuck with it. Yeah. Utah decided to utilize Chase in a different way. It's it's interesting because Utah tends to do that a lot. They take well, quarterbacks, turn them into something else, but they excel at whatever they turn into. Well, and them here's into. the thing um, that you see with Utah is the quarterback's usually the best athlete on his high school team. Sure. Absolutely. Um, especially, like, in places like Utah where there's not a lot of high-profile athletes. Like, you look at Skyview. Mason Fallsliv isn't a prototypical quarterback. Right. But he's an incredible athlete. Um, and he's going to be able to get things done. Chase was kind of like that. Chase was more of an athlete, but like he didn't play quarterback until he was in ninth grade. He was a running back yeah. up until that point. Running back, linebacker, and he moved to quarterback and safety in high school. Yeah. Granted, he was starting as a ninth grader, but um, another guy like that was Britton Covey. Britton Covey. Britton yeah, Covey right. was an excellent quarterback. John Ursua that played at yeah. uh, Cedar, Westlake, and then Hawaii. Hawaii. He got drafted by the Seahawks in the sixth round. Like, if you're an excellent athlete in high school, you're going to play quarterback. Teams are going to recruit you, and then they're just going to move you to fit their needs. Yeah, and this is, and we'll finish with this, and then we'll move along. But you know, this is why I think that Chase Hansen will have um, a better playing opportunity, like a higher ceiling in that aspect with the Saints because of his defensive background. He was a standout. Um, a standout safety before they moved him to uh, linebacker. And then when he moved to linebacker, he was a standout linebacker too. Um, so a linebacker that 
uh, let's let's be honest. He's going to have to fight his way into like special teams rotation. Yes, but someone that can move can can read the flow of the play, can make sure tackles, can even have someone that has good enough hands to make picks. That's Chase Hansen. So he's going to play on punt return. He's going to play on kick return. He's going to play in all these all these different positions. And eventually, I think he's going to get in on defense. Yeah, and one thing that kind of bothered me. This is my last point, okay. and I'm done. One thing that par- kind of bothered me in his evaluation was that people said that he was a tweener. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really have a position. Well, with the way that the NFL is evolving, you need linebackers that can cover in space, and that's what he can yeah. do. Um, he's not going to be able to cover the outside guy. He's not going to play safety in the NFL, but he could cover a tight end. He could yeah. cover a lot of slot receivers. He can cover backs out of the backfield. And he's a good size to do that. So yeah, like, uh, I think that the way that the NFL is evolving, he's a guy that, um, depending on his progression, he could end up having a pretty good career in the league. Yeah, and so you know, I think I think that our point is, you know, it's true. Like these these freak athletes are going to have a crack at the NFL, and I think they'll all do really well. Um, especially Chase, even though he didn't get picked as high as he should have. All right, moving on. Um. Jazz making offseason moves. Like we said before, there's you know there's not really jazz basketball to look forward to. So what do you automatically turn to? Rumors, trades. Yes. What's going on? What's going to happen? We on had the locker room clean out last week. Um, the two elephants in the room were what's going to happen with Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio. They were mm-hmm. both rumored as trade pieces. Um, and let me just say, literally at locker clean out, both of them literally said. I want to stay here. Yes. Essentially. Yes. Um, Ricky Rubio said it straight up. And then um, Faves was like, they got to pick up my option. He's like, Jazz, pick up my option. $16.9 million option. I think they need to pick it up by July 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a tough call. I'm it, glad I'm not Dennis Lindsay. Because it's very tough. This, what you do if you bring in Derek Favors, if you bring him back, his salary is going to limit the cap space that the Jazz have to sign a marquee free agent. Tobias Harris, um, Patrick Beverly, Kemba Walker. Patrick, I mean, Patrick Beverly is going to be a little bit cheaper. But the two guys that are tied to the Jazz are Kemba Walker, Tobias Harris. I think we've everyone's talked to death about what the Jazz need to move to the next level, to get to the second round of the playoffs, what they need to fill spaces. People say to death that uh, the Jazz are one piece away, blah, 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 blah. We're going to see what the Jazz have in mind for the future with what happens to Derek Favors. Like you said, if Favors stays, they're, the Jazz are most likely going to try and pick up someone cheap. Maybe draft someone and develop. I don't. Know. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to try and draft him. I mean, they're going to have like the, the twenty second. They, they don't have a good pick. pick for sure. Um, the problem they're going to run into is they're going to get two mid tier guys if they keep Derek to come in at the four and the one. Yeah. Um, I think if Derek comes back, it's less likely that Ricky comes back. That's just my opinion. Hmm. Um, Why is that? I I think that you're going to be able to get Ricky a little bit cheaper. Uh, I think Ricky would be a guy that would prefer he would take a team discount, a hometown discount, yeah. to stay here in Utah. And if you go out and sign Derek and Ricky, you only have – I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what Ricky's going to 
Garner on the market, but another guy that's like Ricky Caliber um, that you're going to put at the four of the one. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I have um, no idea. This is for Derek favors has earned every cent of that contract that he, sure. ha, that the team option has. If they pick it up, it's because Derek deserves it. Derek Absolutely. played fantastic, but he's a fantastic his, bench player. His role is, is a backup five Yeah, with that second unit. He was dominant at the five. He's not a guy that's a stretch four, which is where the game's going. Tobias Harris is the guy that the Jazz are going to target for their stretch four. Um, the lineup that they had was Jay Crowder, who he's towards the bottom of the league in as a stretch four in three-point percentage shooting. Um, he's not a top-tier rebounder. Um, a guy like Tobias Harris, who's a fringe all-star, yeah, he'd get paid a lot of money, but he would add an element that the Jazz desperately need. Opening up lanes for Donovan Mitchell to drive. He's another playmaker that the Donovan can turn to when he's struggling. Um, he'd be a big help. Yeah. Kemba Walker is another guy. Uh, I feel like Kemba might be less likely. I, I'm i not sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so many moving pieces. Kyrie Irving's rumored to go to New York. If that falls through because things are actually looking good for the Celtics right now. Uh-huh. Um, if he goes back to Boston, then you know what? Maybe Kemba goes back home to New York. Yeah. Um, he's he's a kid originally from the Bronx um, or Brooklyn. He's from New York. Yeah. Uh, but maybe he goes to the Knicks with Katie. I who knows? Yeah. Um, but Kemba's probably the the guy that the Jazz are gonna have the most contention with with other teams. Yeah. Um, just because of his ability. So I. I'm it's, not sure what they're going to do. Back to my original point. If if Derek comes back, I don't think Ricky does. If Derek, if the team decides to let Derek walk, then I think Ricky comes back and they get Tobias Harris. I think that, I don't think that they let Derek walk unless they know that they're getting Tobias Harris. Yeah. Um, just my opinion. I think that it's sad, but, you know, Derek walking would probably be the best thing for the future of this franchise. Just because they're looking at new pieces, and yeah. you don't get you don't keep faves and get a new piece. Yeah, that doesn't happen. So, um, I think we'll get a glimpse of what the front office has in mind, depending on what We're happens. We're like two Derek. months out, though. <laughs> yeah, it's still a while. But you know, in the meantime, like you said, we look at all these other pieces that are moving around, um, seeing what happens. You know, if if the Boston li- loses, you know, maybe Kyrie goes to. Uh, New York and things shake out a little differently. Kemba's on the table for us. You know, who knows? Um, All I know for sure is. And it also depends on if Kemba makes an all NBA team, um, Charlotte can pay him a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, If he's a guy that wants to go after the money, then maybe he just resigns with Charlotte. Mm -hmm. But Charlotte ultimately is at the point where like with him being such a ball dominant guard, if they want to move forward, like they kind of need to hit the reset button and let him go. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Lakers are going to be looking for guys. Like, um, the Clippers are going to be looking for guys. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting um, offseason. And I know people are always optimistic that the Jazz are going to get a, a big marquee free agent. Like, <laughs> the last big guy that came in here was, like, Joe Johnson at the <laughs> very tail end of his career. And he won a, he won a playoff game for the Jazz. We did. Um, we did have Derrick Rose 
for like, <laughs> that a wasn't day. a trade though. <laughs> right, like a, a free agent willingly coming here. Like the biggest name was Joe Johnson, yeah. um, who was here around for a season and a half, and he had one of the great Jazz playoff moments, beating the Absolutely. Clippers in that in that first season that he was here. Um, but yeah, I, it's for this is what it's going to be like for me. Honestly, bottom line. I'm hoping that the Jazz do something creative and do something innovative, but I'm not counting on it because when ev- exactly. when inevitably when inevitably nothing happens and nothing changes, I won't be surprised. Yeah, that's what it's gonna. Be. I agree with you, but uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, like I like we said, we you know we don't have a sports beat on Saturday this Saturday. But there's must-watch TV on KSL. Lots to watch on Channel 5. Um, Saturday Night Live returns uh-huh. with the return of the Sandman. Oh my gosh. Adam Sandler is coming back to, I'm the so S- excited. to Studio 8H. Um, Hasn't I'm been on there for to it. 24 years? Is that what he said? I think that sounds right. Yeah, he, like 24 years ago he left SNL. And um, I'm excited for him to be back. You think he's going to rehash some old, some old bits? Or do you think he's just going to come at you with like brand new stuff? Um, I think that he's going to use some of his older stuff. Yeah. Um, like he has to like do something with like the Hanukkah song, but like also like his new sketch comedy. Yes, I am playing Enter Sandman because I'm excited <laughs> for the Sandman to come back. Um, no, his new uh, comedy special that he had on Netflix was actually like really good. His stand-up comedy. Um, yes, his yeah. stand-up comedy. It's. I'm not sure that it's going to be something that makes the cut on SNL because it is quite explicit. Um, <laughs> but it is. But maybe something similar. Very in that vein. funny. Like phone wallet keys. Right. Um, he's definitely going to be have a song. I don't know if it's going to be an original one that he's already done. Um, I don't know. Maybe he does something from one of his movies. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I'm excited. I think the cast will be on fire because. Yeah. He's kind of like – he was kind of like a role – like um, to keep it in basketball terms, he was like a uh, – He was like a guy coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he had his role. He stuck to it. He didn't really have like a – he never did, you know, accents or – not accents. Sorry. Uh, what is it called? Um, impressions. He didn't really do impressions. Yeah. He didn't really stray too far from that. He kind of did the same voice. But, man, if you needed like – musical comedy or something like that. He was the man. And uh, I hope I get to see a lot of that. There haven't been a lot of that on SNL since like Jimmy Fallon, right? Um, A lot of like guitar playing comedy and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I would say Jimmy Fallon, Will Ferrell. um, Andy Sandberg did some. Yeah. Andy Sandberg is probably the last guy. Yeah. Um, But you look at like, it's, it's amazing that the cast that was on when Adam Sandler was on. Yeah. Um, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman, uh, Dennis Miller, oh Mike gosh. Myers, Miller. Chris Rock, Chris Farley, Kevin Nealon, um, Rob Schneider, David Spade, Al Franken, um, Chris, I think, did I say Chris Rock? I did say Chris Rock. Uh, unbelievable. That's yeah, like just, all stars right there. That's probably the best run from 90 to 95. All those guys together. Um, I mean, could we get a Mike Myers, Dana Carvey? reunion where they're hosting and maybe do like Wayne's world in like 2019. <laughs> That'd be Could amazing. you imagine that sketch where they're still living <laughs> in their mom's basement, like doing like live cable access. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Um, Dana looks the same. I think he could probably look like 
he'd be the same looking Garth. Yeah. Uh, Mike Myers looks a little different. Yeah, he looks a little, a little different. <laughs> um, but yeah, just what a cast. I mean, seriously, top to bottom, Norm MacDonald came on towards the end. Sarah Silverman came on towards the end of that run. Tim Molly Meadows, Shannon, wow. even. Um, yeah, just a great cast. And Adam Sandler arguably has had the best career out of any of them. Um, yeah. Longest career. That's fair. Uh, starting with um, Billy Madison all the way to like this huge Netflix deal that he has for uh, comedy specials and originals. And um, yeah. not all of them have been hits, especially recently. But like sure. the last great Adam Sandler movie, in my opinion, is Blended. Have you seen Blended? No. Okay. So he is a single dad. Um, and he, uh, goes on a date with Drew Barrymore. So it's like the, the third, uh, Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movie after, um, Wedding Singer and 51st Dates. Okay. Um, it came out in 2014. Wow. They go on like a blind date and it just goes awful. Like Adam Sandler takes her to Hooters (laughs) Okay. and it's just really awkward. Um, and like. It's obvious that he's a regular there because, like, all the waitresses, like, know him sure. by name. It's it's just very awkward. Well, the the friend that they had that set them up um, happened to mention that they had, like, this family getaway to Africa together, but mentioned it to both of them. So the husband mentioned it to Adam Sandler. The wife mentioned it to Drew Barrymore. Hey, mm-hmm. we have these tickets. So they split the tickets 50-50 without knowing. They both end up in Africa. Okay. And they kind of become this blended family with their two kids. Well, with their two sets of kids. Um, Sandler has three. Barrymore has two. They kind of become this blended family. Um, It has Terry Crews in it, which he plays like this hilarious. um, (laughs) Terry Crews is great. He just randomly appears like playing music. And it's just like one of the funniest roles that I've ever seen anyone had and like it it's just really um it 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 kind of goes back to uh that original sandler before he kind of strayed off from his path which i think kind of happened with like grown ups too yeah um, i like the original grown ups yeah the original grown ups sure. was good but i grown ups too just kind of went off the beaten path and like all of it just like there's always the same jokes that kind of get tired yeah. a little bit and it just kind of got to that point with uh, I mean, Grown Ups 2 where things kind of took a turn for the worse. Yeah, he's he's had some bad movies recently. Um, but you know what? He's one of the few SNL cast members that are still cranking out movies, honestly. Oh, yeah. So, you know, good for him for making it happen. But, uh, yeah, Adam Sandler. What are your best. top five Adam Sandler movies? Top five? Okay, yes. this is in no particular order. But... Um, I would probably say number one is like probably Happy Gilmore. Okay. Um, then maybe Billy Madison. Um, Waterboy's great. Jeez, um, I'm trying to think. Um, I I mostly like his comedies. Not really into his like serious movies. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Jeez, what am I, what am I missing? Actually, you know, Zohan was where things started to go really bad. Oh, Maybe God. Little Nicky. Wedding Singer. I forgot about that. that yeah, Wedding, Wedding Singer is great. So, Wedding Singer is my number one. It's not my most rewatchable. The most rewatchable by far is Happy Gilmore. Start to finish. Close seconds. Like, like Waterboy. Yeah. So I go, I go Wedding Singer, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, uh, Waterboy, and then I love Big Daddy. And then, like I said, I love Blended. That's like one of my favorite um, I'll have to watch that. Like, I, I really like that movie. Um, uh, Mr. Deeds also. Oh yeah. It's hilarious. Deeds like, a, um, the whole, the whole, uh, sketch with like the guy with the, uh, the sneaky guy, <laughs> the sneaky guy <laughs> with, um, him having the frostbite on his oh foot my gosh. and he just beats the yeah. heck out of it with, <laughs> he like stabs it. It's <laughs> yeah, like one of my favorite things. Um, um, dude, any management's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Uh, Oh. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I never saw that. Oh, it's like ten years ahead of its time. Really? Um, it's pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> um, he was in Dickie Roberts. That's a great movie. I don't remember Dickie Roberts. I know like what the story is, but I don't okay. remember anything from the movie. Okay, and then Grown Ups also is a good one. Um, yeah. So yeah, good we're stuff. excited for the uh, the return of Adam Sandler to uh, SNL. Um, so I would say Adam Sandler's like cast, his stretch era in, in SNL is probably one of my favorite. Yeah. A really close second would be like the Bill Hader, um, Kristen Wiig, uh, Andy Sandberg. So that's like my cast. Like when I think of like SNL that I watched during my formative years, Uh um, I kind of caught like the tail end of like the Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Will Ferrell, um, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Um, like I, like the first real snl that i remember watching oh this dates me and you guys are probably like oh my gosh why is this guy commenting on it we watch a lot of snl okay we watch a lot of it but like the first like real thing i remember from snl was like ashley simpson getting busted for lip syncing oh yeah which was a big deal i remember that um so that was what like 2004 2005 early 2000s yeah uh the Lindsay lowen um, oh my gosh episode where like there was uh was this right before she fell off like hard yeah 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 so like the the harry potter skit with yes. her and then the uh uh what was the one right before where they're in disneyland um, um debbie downer oh yeah the debbie downer skit which oh my gosh um Jimmy Fallon was on that one, wasn't he? Yes. He couldn't. He yeah. broke character. He because just it was cracked just, all the time. So that was like one of the first like episodes. That, like I just remember like the entire thing. Interesting. One of my favorites. Um, so I caught the tail end of that cast. And then, yeah, Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Andy Samberg. Um, all those guys. Which um, Bobby Moynihan. Yeah. <laughs> He's really funny. Too. Um, yeah. Just the, which you look at what that cast is doing. Yeah. Um, Kristen Wiig was probably like to start the biggest star out of it with like Bridesmaids and yes, um, a lot of the stuff that she did afterwards. Um, but like Bill, Hader, you sure. look at what Bill Hader's done. Um, everyone's familiar with Andy Samberg with like the Lonely sure. Island and Brooklyn Nine Nine. Bill Hader's like starting to come onto the scene and start get starting to get more recognition. Okay, yeah. um, Trainwrecked was like yeah, awesome. Like he I. Yeah, he would play like smaller parts, like yeah. in Trainwreck, or like there. He had some movie with like it's Kristen Wiig where he was in it for a minute or whatever. But yeah, he's he's just starting to take off, and I think he's found his niche. He has as of late. So he is now starring 
in probably what I would say is the best show on TV right now. Underrated, and we'll tell you why. Yes. So, Barry. It's appointment television every Sunday. It's right after Game of Thrones. It's must-watch TV. Emma and I watched last week's episode, which I put out on Twitter. It was one of the three greatest one-off episodes that somewhat advances the plot but doesn't really um, in TV history. Really smart. I put it up there with – The Fly. No, I didn't put it up there with The Fly. Really? So my problem with The Fly is it was – and if for it those who try- don't know, it, it was too obvious of what it was trying to be. Right. Um, but what I think, well, explain a little bit of what it is. For so those that know. yeah, um, like what Barry is or what? No, the fly. Okay, so the fly episode is the one from Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Walter and um, I'm forgetting his name, Jesse. Jesse. It's been a minute since yeah, I've yeah. watched uh, Breaking Bad. Walter and Jesse are in the lab, and there's a fly. They're worried that it's going to contaminate the uh, the product. Mm-hmm. So they spend this whole episode, which the more you think about it, like, yeah, it's actually pretty hilarious. With, like, Walt, like, trying to smack it and, like, falling down on the container, like, yeah. looking like he breaks his back in half. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely up there. Um, but you have it ranked. You have the Barry episode ranked with what other top episodes? So I put it with uh, the Pine Barrens episode of okay um, of Sopranos. The Sopranos, which I think, in my opinion, is the best TV episode of all time. You ride hard for Sopranos. I do ride hard for Sopranos. It's, in my opinion, the greatest TV series of all time. Pine Barrens and Whitecaps are like by far the two best episodes of that series, followed third by uh, the, the series finale, Made in America. Okay. Um, Pine Barrens is just this episode where um, it, it literally does nothing to advance the plot. Right. Um, uh, Polly Walnuts and uh, Chris Moltisanti, they're out. Um, they have to go. They kidnap this Russian guy, and they decide, okay, we need to murder him. So they go down to the Pine Barrens area of um, South Jersey, middle of the winter, and um, – the guy that they kidnapped was like used to be like a member of like um the CIA or whatever. He's like secret service. So when they open up the trunk, he like attacks them and gets away. Okay. So they're chasing this guy like through the forest, like in the middle of nowhere. Well, they end up getting lost and can't find him and they can't find their way back to the car. The car ends up getting stolen. So they end up in the middle of the forest with no cell service. This is like 2002. So it's not like, yeah, you do have a cell phone, but you don't have great service. They're stuck in the middle of nowhere overnight. And it's just, it's such good comedy. And um, The Sopranos is known as a drama, but like there's so much comedy in there. And this is like the episode with like the most comedy by far. Them basically like pulling the Bear grills, Yeah. Um, to like try and survive. It's one of my favorite TV episodes of all time. Also up there with Teddy Perkins. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta. So I think that this is just the most genius episode um, because what we were waiting for with, like, season two of Atlanta was just for plot advancement. But everything kept getting delayed. But then it started to kind of tie back into everything, Um, like the episode where uh, uh, Ernie and uh, uh, his cousin are, like, in junior high. 
Yeah. And they have the uh, – what was the jersey? It was um, – it was a FUBU jersey. Yeah, FUBU. So like the <clears throat> FUBU jersey yeah. episode, it makes sense once it all comes together. But Teddy Perkins – It's more of like a commentary instead of like a plot advancement device. Like the whole episode is more of like commentary on certain yeah. things. So Darius, um, he's uh, Donald Glover's friend in, uh, in uh, Atlanta – he goes to pick up this like really unique custom made piano um from this mansion and it's like this Michael Jackson figure yeah. is like the one who's like giving Weird. it away and it's just the creepiest thing. Well, it turns out that it's Donald Glover yeah doing the guy. playing the guy and it's like he looks like Michael Jackson and it's just the creepiest thing. Yeah. They're all alone in this mansion and it it, it was just um, the first time I watched it, uh, I was at my old job and I was finishing things up and s- sometimes I would like just put something on in the background to, um, kind of get me through, um, the end of my shift, whether it was like music, YouTube videos, sometimes TV shows. Well, this, I just got transfixed on it and I was just glued to the screen. I did not get anything done for the entire 40 minutes that it was on. Someone came into the office, uh, like my work area and I didn't hear them. And they like said my name. I jumped because I was just terrified (laughs) because I was like, so drawn into this episode. Um, it was insane. Yeah. Um, same with this most recent episode of Barry, you and I watched it together Yeah. after sports beat the other night. Um, we were just drawn in and we were like hooting and hollering and like people were like looking at us as they're like walking by. Um, Basically, like you said in this episode of Barry, um, nothing happened to advance the plot. But these guys are basically trying to kill this little girl yeah, and, <laughs> and just, they can't. It's just it's hilarious. But in case you don't know what Barry is, we're going around talking about like, hey, you must watch it. Well, what is it? It's a show about an assassin hitman that um, wants to become an actor, okay? And so what we're going to do is we're going to play the trailer um, and just kind of give you a taste of what it is. These people I take out, they're bad people. The money's good. It's a job. Yep. Hey, man. Are you seeing this beautiful morning? What are you doing? How are you? What am I doing? I'm set up here like you asked me to. Oh, right. Duh. This heat is urgent. This is Ryan Madison. Familiar to my slaughterous thoughts. Hey, man. Are you new to this class? Help me out. Ryan, you're up. I'm going to do the scene with him. An action. What do I... I don't know what to say. Wow. Wow. The acting class made me feel really good. I feel really motivated right now. These are professional actors. They're the real deal, and they say I got something. You're a killer, Mary. Acting is a direct conflict. Being someone who anonymously kills people. If you're going to be an actor, here's my only direction. Adapt. Adjust. Awesome. Yeah, Barry is uh, hilarious. Um, It's... You know, I think he's going to have a great career as far as that SNL class goes, um, Bill Hader. Um, yeah, it's just going to be – it's just a really good show. You know, um, yeah. 
It's the best show no one's watching, basically, because it literally comes after Game of Thrones. Yeah. So no one, like, after watching, especially this season, when the Game of Thrones episodes are so freaking long. Well, and they're heavy, too, and you, and like, need heavy. to digest stuff, and it's dark, so people are, like, searching Squinting. on Twitter to, like, go and find, like, <laughs> oh, look, this person turned up the brightness, and oh, that's what happened there. Yeah. Oh, Ghost was in this episode. Yeah. It's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's emotionally draining, and so after the show's done, obviously... After people see the preview for the next Game of Thrones, they're not going to stick around and watch Barry. But we suggest that you guys do that. And if you're doing, you know, HBO On Demand or whatever, just watch Barry when you've got not Game of Thrones going on. Yes. Um, So I I really propped up this episode um, for what it did because just from a comedic standpoint, it was a classic right from the beginning. I mean – so Barry's called out to murder this guy who turns out to be like this Taekwondo expert, but he has asthma. And so they get in like this big fight and like this whole sequence of them fighting is like nine minutes long. Yeah. And it's just like this drowned out thing of just Barry getting the crap beat out of him by like every Taekwondo weapon that you can imagine. Yeah. Like we were sitting there waiting for throwing stars to start being used because <laughs> he whipped out the nunchucks. Yeah. He whipped out the nunchucks. He got the tar beat out of him. Yeah. With uh, some nunchucks. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, And then, so, he ends up thinking that he kills this guy because he, like, breaks his windpipe. (laughs) This guy wheezing is hilarious. And then he collapses. Barry's leaving. The guy's daughter walks in. And she's got to be, like, 12 years old. The whole time, Barry doesn't want to kill this guy, even though he's, like, being paid to because he's trying to turn a new leaf and be an actor. Yeah. So, he's, like, trying to offer the guy, like, hey... I'm going to take you away. I need you to disappear for I need like you to a disappear. Year. I'm going to take you to Chicago and I'm going to like set you up in an apartment and like yeah. pay like all your expenses and everything. Just don't make me kill you. Yeah. But this guy keeps attacking him. And so he accidentally like kills him. And then when he leaves, like the guy's daughter like walks into the door and she's like all in her Taekwondo gi yeah. um, outfit. And then she just pulls out like Kill Bill. She's an animal. Like, <laughs> flying through the air, like, kicking. Yeah. Um, Just the craziest thing. And then she, like, climbs up the side of the house and just disappears. Like, does, like it, it was the funniest thing. Like, not expected at all. And like we said, like, nothing happens. Like, right. But it's just, it was just entertaining TV for, like, a half hour, however long the episode yeah. was. It was great. Um, I watched it a couple times because it was just – I had to go back and just relive it because it was um, – it was – uh, it was great to bounce off like the jokes and everything off of each other while we watched it, but like I also enjoyed it watching it on my own. Um, it was it was a good time. Yeah. So um, if you're watching Game of Thrones, stick around for Barry afterwards. I know it's hard to do, especially with these next couple episodes coming up with Game of Thrones. Episode I'm super five's gonna be crazy, dude. Five World on the Street is five is nuts, but it which, makes sense. Which episode three, the Battle of Winterfell, which I think was officially titled the Long Night. Yeah. Was just absurd. I mean, we watched it all together, me, you, Jeremiah, Spencer, and Matt. It was a party. It was awesome. And it was literally no one speaking for like 80 minutes because we were so... We're just gasping and like... And so if you haven't watched the episode, episode three of the new season, season eight, you might want to like turn this off or something. Spoiler alert. We're going to spoil the crap out of this. Yeah. I couldn't believe how high my heart rate was the entire episode. Like I couldn't... I couldn't breathe for most of it. Yeah. It was all it was all like 
so so much action, so much suspense. In fact, I watched a thing afterwards that said that they, the director of this movie actually made three movies in one episode. Or wow. three movies in this one episode. He said that first it's like a battle. It's a war. It's a, it's a, it's a war movie in the first, first third. The second third is a horror movie. Um, and I guess second, second third would be like a monster movie. And then the third, the last third is like a horror movie. Yeah. The whole thing with Arya and all that stuff. And looking back and I'm like, Oh, no wonder. Like my heart was just racing. Yeah. All 80 minutes. And it's cause they kept it moving and kept changing the, uh, the way the show went. What did you think overall of the episode? Okay. So as you guys know, who've listened, like I haven't really watched game of Thrones. I've read the books. I decided to sit down and watch this episode. Um, and then I watched the episode before just kind of setting up like the swan song for like a lot of people, um, possibly leaving, um, just so I could get the context of like leading into the episode, like what to ex- possibly expect. Cause at this point, the TV show is further along than the books, obviously. Yes. I haven't read the books, but I know for a fact that the TV, this is it. This is Game of Thrones. Yes. The, the, the season we're watching right Which now. Which I actually um, was reading, I think it was on Reddit. It was either on Reddit or Twitter. Um, there's a possibility that the show and the TV and the book series actually diverge on two different paths. Because the the book series is technically called um, a song of ice and fire. Okay. So that would kind of make it sound like it's mainly about Jon Snow and possibly Daenerys. Uh-huh. The TV show is called a game of Thrones. So it's all about winning the iron throne. Interesting. And so I thought that that distinction was kind of interesting to think about is obviously George R. R. Martin's being consulted on what he thinks about the game of Thrones, but there's a lot of things that are very different. Um, between the two that you can't really go and reconcile. Right. Um, but what I thought about this most recent episode from the beginning with this whole, the whole Dothraki army getting fired up, Melisandre coming out, lighting up their swords, them charging. And it's just this triumphant charge into war. I'm not going to lie. When she lit up their swords, I was like, Oh, it's over. These guys yeah. got it. They're going to be insane. Yeah. And like, I was like, okay, they have a chance. Yeah. They go into the night just charging and then the fires just all extinguish. And just the look on everyone's face when the fires go out, oh my goodness. Yeah. That was like it was horrifying. It was terrifying. And then the battle starts and everyone's just waiting around because it's so dark. You can't see anything. You don't know when the army of the dead is coming. And then all of a sudden, like the zombies out of World War Z. Yeah. They're just like pushing they're through. They're just on there. And they just attack, and the separate columns of the armies are just watching the others just get destroyed. And it was intense. I mean, like you said, your heart rate's elevated. You're burning calories while you're sitting in a chair (laughs) watching a TV show because you're breaking a sweat because it's just so intense. And, I mean, I have a lot of gripes with the episode. Yeah. Um, Strategy horrible, number one. Number two, Daenerys goes and is like, Lighten fools up and after. then after, but like they're nowhere to be found during the actual battle. Right. Which I get. Yeah. It was dark, but like, shouldn't the game plan to be like, Hey, let's have the dragons on the battlefield <laughs> the entire time, or at least one dragon. Um, and then what? And then after, um, 
the Night King resurrects like all the dead people, like Daenerys comes to the rescue and then she just parks her dragon in the middle. It's like parking a Lamborghini in the middle of the hood yeah. with the keys on it and saying, come attack me. Yeah. And I thought the dragon was dead for sure. I thought he was dead too. Um, um, so that just like stuff like that was just frustrating. Um, and then, uh, I was very surprised at the lack of courage that the hound showed. He yeah. just was like ready to give up, which, um, I don't know. I I was kind of disappointed in him for that. I felt like he deserved to die because <laughs> of that. Like, and like everyone's like, ooh, none of the big people, like nobody died. Okay, well if you think about it, um, Melisandre died. Jorah died. Jorah died. Uh, Lyanna died. Lyanna died. Um. Uh, Ed, Ed died, and there's one more I'm missing. I think that's it. There was one more. One more mid-tier character? Yeah. Anyway, whoever else died, died. Yeah. Um, if you guys decide to go through and correct oh, us on this. Um, the Lord of Light guy. He's Yes, uh, Beric. Beric. Gondarian, yeah. yeah. Um... People are like, oh, Tyrion needs to, Tyrion's not going to die. Brienne, possibly. Jamie's not going to die. Yet. Yet. <laughs> He's going to kill Cersei. I'm calling it. Okay. Um, Arya's not going to die. Okay? We talked about it before. Arya's one of the five main characters. Same with Tyrion. Same with Jon Snow. Yep. Same with Sansa. Same with Daenerys. Like, those are the five people that will not die until possibly the last episode. They're going to ride through the rest of the series. Um, But... I thought it overall, um, without the nitpicks, the nitpicks aside, it was a good episode. I never saw the ending coming. I did not think that Arya would be the one to slay the Night King. Um, I thought it was going to be Jon Snow. And, like, especially when he's, like, charging through. He has to get past a dragon, and it's, like, this, like, mid-boss before the final boss. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, Arya... The hand switch was just amazing, and like all the memes <laughs> that generated from it, like the, the Dame Lillard meme and the so Michael good. Jordan meme. Like, did you see the Jump Aria shirt that's being sold? Yeah. It's like the Jump Man uh-huh. Air Jordan. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was very excited. I'll probably watch the rest of the season just to see what happens, because um, now I need to ride it out and just. Get the full. There's only three left. Yeah, there's only, only three, three episodes left. left. Um, I'm looking forward to this next one. Obviously, this next episode will be episode four, but it's going to be set up episode. Yeah, just kind of like set up s- for episode five, which Amelia Clark has already said is going to be even bigger than yeah the Battle of Winterfell. Which so of course it is. You know, of course it is. They got to take the fight to Cersei, and Cersei's yeah. got a whole unscathed the golden army. company. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty crazy. But I wonder what's going to happen in episode four. I don't know if anyone's going to die this episode. Um, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing whether or not Braun takes the money and runs. Um, in episode two, Cersei basically gave Braun a boatload of money, literally like a, a wagon full of money and said, kill my brothers. And then the last thing you see of him is him taking his money, heading North. I hope this dude just like, I, I hope, I hope he doesn't kill Jamie. Cause I'd be really sad. Cause I thought they had some good times in the season. before. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that's I think that's the main story people are looking forward to, um, other than John hashing it out with his lover slash aunt. Um, so we'll see what happens in this next episode. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to address those two. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. It'll be good. Um, is there... Oh, okay. So we're obviously lacking one major thing this episode. That's Avengers Endgame. Um, Hema hasn't seen it yet. No, I'm going to see it tomorrow. And so part of the reason that we are podcasting in on Sunday is because we are going to drag Matt Glade in here to talk about the conclusion to the Infinity Saga, the 22 um, movie epic that was um, the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Get thoughts on um, just the final chapter in the series, even though I guess technically Spider-Man Far From Home is the last movie in um, phase three. It what it really is is setting up phase four. So I have um, no choice because they said they're going to lift the ban on spoilers Sunday night. It, and it's not us, me and Matt, saying that we're it's lifting. It's the whole world. It's the Russo brothers. <laughs> actually went on, like, the Today Show or something like that and said, oh, yeah, after the second weekend box office. So I told Hema, if he has not seen it yet, we will be together at 12.01 on Monday, <laughs> and I will start saying Just exactly start what happens. Just start spitting out spoilers. Yes. So I definitely am going to see it tomorrow. Um, so stick around for Sunday Sports Beat After Hours when we bring on Mac Glade. We're going to talk Game of Thrones. We're going to talk Endgame. Not a lot of sports happening. So basically it's going to be those two things. Um, hopefully in the future we can get some more people on this podcast, like those from the Geek Show, um, like Andy Farnsworth and those guys. Um, it'd be pretty cool to talk Marvel and comic book movies. The future, especially after considering, like you said, this is the end of the uh, Avengers saga, the Marvel Cinematic Universe culmination. So um, we have that to look forward to. Um, anything else we want to talk about before we bounce and let these people get on with their lives? No. Um, I think we need to get out of here. It's very late on a uh, on a Friday. Um, I'm ready to go to bed and uh, I guess get ready for the day ahead. So... Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I'll let Hema take it from here. Thanks for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I'm Hema Himuli Jr. This is Zachary Higgin. Thanks for listening to us. Peace. <laughs>